episode one of the Uptempo podcast is finally here, and I can't think of a better way to kick off this podcast than to talk with Klaus Souza. He's worked at the University of Tulsa with multiple sports. From there, he went on to be the head strength and conditioning coach for the Tulsa Shock, who are now the Dallas Wings, then became the head strength and conditioning coach for the Auburn women's basketball team. And currently, he's the assistant strength and conditioning coach for the Denver Nuggets. So without further ado, the premiere episode of the Uptempo podcast. So you have a very diverse resume from hopping around, you know, starting out in college, going to WNBA, then back to college and then to the NBA, finally, where you are now. Uh, can you speak a little bit on that process and how you've gotten to where you are today? Uh, it's not really like the hopping around is like a consequence. Um, it's more like kind of like following um, opportunities and following like what at the time was my passion, right? Um, it's almost like a little more reactive than planned, you know, like a lot of people like ask me like, oh, how'd you, how'd you plan all this? I'm like, well, I don't necessarily plan. I kind of more like, kind of like one foot in front of the other. And that kind of led into the journey you just kind of described. So, it, I mean, really w- what is there to say is more like, like, I just follow my gut a lot and I'm like, okay, I have this idea, right? Like, so let me go back. And it's like, I'm in Brazil. Um, I love sports. I love high performance. Um, I didn't know I wanted to be a strength coach at the time, but there were two things that I wanted. And then one was a degree from overseas. So for people listening to this or watching, um, I wanted a degree from a different university outside of Brazil. So that was goal number one, right? Go get your bachelor somewhere in the world. Um, And then the second criteria that drove my change for my life was I wanted to work with sports. Again, I didn't care what capacity, I wanted to work with sports. Um, Because in my mind, it was like, if I can work with sports, that's a cool job, that's like, Hopefully I don't have to wear a suit and tie all the time. Um, So those were the two things that drove me, right? Like I want a degree, an international degree, and I want to work with sports. And then from that, I made a decision to go to Canada. Um, And then fast forward, you know, like I'm getting my education there. I get into the whole personal training thing and then you learn more about personal training. Like it would be cool to just work with athletes. Like, well, who just only works with athletes? Well, strength coaches for collegiate teams or professional teams. Well, that would be kind of cool to do. Uh, At this point now I already graduated. I have my international degree. I'm already working with sports. So like, now again, right. One foot in front of the other one. And then like one opportunity kind of led to the next one. So it wasn't until you got to Canada when you found that calling and that passion for strength and conditioning. Yeah. Like I played sports growing up and, you know, like I was like a martial artist and um, I like I played basketball as well. And I always love just, you know, playing different sports. Mm -hmm. So the idea was to just work with sports and like the the strength and conditioning kind of came after the fact. 
But like I had that true north of like, I'm going to go work with sports, whatever capacity that is. So seeing both the women's and the men's side, what's the biggest differences between the two as far as strength and conditioning goes? I get, I get that question asked a lot. Um, it's like, there isn't a lot of difference, but there's a lot of differences. And um, I'm going to give you like, from a practicality standpoint, from my, from my job, right? Um, it's like, I'm looking for principles. I'm looking for, uh, you know, what are some common trends uh, among the players? And then how I intervene with that is based on previous experiences that I had, which, like you said, um, it was sometimes in a WNBA, sometimes in the collegiate world, sometimes with professional athletes in the past. So, like, at the end of the day, man, athlete is an athlete. So, uh, like, I'm looking at their behavior is very much the same, you know. Like, a lot of our guys need to do a lot of uh, – they need to better themselves with, like, their food habits, uh, nutrition. Uh, a lot of our guys need to work on their sleep schedule and, like, invest more in sleep and better. And then a lot of our guys can benefit from uh, – increasing their training age and what i mean by that just like being more consistent in the weight room and all those things right so like i just gave you three layers right nutrition sleep and training itself like if i look at those three categories uh in the collegiate um realm and let's say like with women um a lot of those girls also could benefit in those three categories right they they need a better nutrition habits they need a better sleep habits and definitely they could train a little bit more to make them more versatile in the weight room itself so it's like it is the same thing but it's not the same thing so i know your question was like what are some of the major differences well i feel like i needed to kind of preface everything i just said in order to get into what i'm going to get to now like i feel like those three areas, right, sleep, nutrition, and training can help any human in any facet of their life, regardless of whatever job they're in. Sure. For NBA guys, this is going to help them stay in the league longer, hopefully, right, and help aid them to keep becoming better basketball players. When sometimes in the college world, you had a lot of those uh, players or athletes investing in those areas of sleep nutrition and training but like in reality they weren't really focusing professional sports anymore they're using that to get to pt school or become a lawyer or just go to grad school uh get a job start make money whatever so uh the biggest difference is that like like everything we do with the guys at this level, and I'm speaking the NBA, like majority of those guys are doing this, yeah, for the rest of their life. But like most importantly is like, like to keep playing, to keep making money, to keep earning contracts and all that stuff. When in college, they're doing a lot of the things that we ask them to do, but they're doing that, A, because they have to, or B, because they want to transfer some of that stuff that they learn into whatever professional career they want to, pursue that is not necessarily playing the sport anymore so that's the major difference is like why are athletes doing what they're doing 
So from my previous experience, girls seem to have an issue when it comes to hitting the weights because they don't want to bulk up, but guys seem to not have that problem because you know they want to put on the extra muscle mass to gain the advantage against the opponent. How do you handle that difficulty with an athlete who doesn't want to weight train? Honestly, like, and, and that's the thing, man. Like, like people think that, you know, because it's the NBA or whatever, like you don't have like attitude issues or you don't have behavior issues. Like, but like, yeah, there's days and I'm not going to mention names, but like mm -hmm. there are days that like certain players, like they don't want to lift and then they, they're going to come in and be like, I'm not doing that today. Like, period. You know what I'm saying? Um, from a, a strength coach, you cannot just like take it, right? You got to be able to somehow find a way to show them and educate is the right word. Um, educate them on why that is important. And it, it, funny, like in the pros, what happens a lot is the weight room becomes this like kind of like this safe area where no coaches are coming to talk to them about stats or like setting up the wrong screen or messing up the play. It's more like, like the weight room is like the safe haven. Like I can work on my body. I can get myself better. I can feel better. Mm -hmm. So they do come to us a lot, right? Because it's almost like this basketball free environment. We don't talk about the game last night. I just want to make sure you, the player, are feeling better and hopefully help you put you in a better state of mind if you're in a negative state. Some of the challenges we had in the college world was like, they did not want to be there at all for anything, right? Basketball, weights, whatever. So again, it, it's like the challenge is showing them and educating them that like, yeah, like this weight session might not be what you want to do right now, but this will help you be healthier for your life in the long run. It will make your body more resilient to whatever you want to pursue later on. Understanding how to sleep better will actually help you be more mentally sharp to then maybe get into grad school or score better exams or become whatever professional you want to become. So it's, you just got to be able to paint the picture in a different way and basically sell your audience, right? Like, that's really what it comes down to, you know? And then in within our profession, we know how much to push. And sometimes you can't push them much. You just gotta know, they give you a little bit, be happy with that, you know? And then over time, try to convince that. So again, right, I always kind of like lay out the, the story for my answer, but it's like, you have to be able to convince your audience and educate them of why you're doing certain things and then hope that they understand that so then that can becomes more of a habit. Would you say that education and educating the athletes is the hardest part about your job? Um, educating it clearly, yeah. And like, because that's the thing though, like if you ask, like most of these athletes, they're not, they're not dumb. You know, like if you, if you ask them like, why do you should get eight hours of sleep a night? they'll give you a good answer, you know? Like they know like, hey, give me an example of a healthy meal or like give me an example of a meal you should have after a hard training session. They will give you good information. But then now it's like, are you educating them so they know 
And then are you educating them so they are actually executing what they know? Because there's a huge difference here, right? Like just knowing is not enough. You, you must do. Like you heard that quote before. And that's literally what it comes down to. Like we can talk about mindset and, and like, all oh, you got to bring it every day. But if you just don't bring it every day, then you're not bringing it every day. <laughs> like, you know, like you ask the girls, you'd be like, hey, why are you all moody today? I just don't have it. Well, a month ago in team meeting, we said we we're going to bring it. So why are you not doing it, right? So that's, that's the, the challenges part because then you got to hold them accountable, you know, and you got to find ways to do that in a constructive manner versus, you know, just, I don't know, annihilate them with something else. So yeah. those, are, those are all challenges. And, like, to be fair, man, like, that, that is not exclusive to a level or, like, a place. It happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I've been fortunate enough to be at different levels, and I've seen those type of things in every level. So, it, like, you as a coach, you just got to be able to recognize that and then hopefully intervene in a positive way that's actually going to cause interest and change. Right. So, you know, when we were in Atlanta and we came to watch you guys play, we had to wait like 45 minutes after the game to come see you or for you to come see us. Um, And when you finally came out, you told us that Jokic wanted to work out after he dropped like 40 plus points. Uh, Do you see that kind of uh, work ethic consistently in the NBA? Absolutely. And speaking of him, he's he's great. You know, like he's as consistent as it can be. And uh, you would never have a challenge with him of, like, getting him to do the stuff that he's required of doing, mm-hmm. right? Like, the maintenance check-ins and, and like, the, the proper recovery and rehab stuff and, like, the, the developmental side of things, like, the, the strength training and, like, food. Like, everything is very dialed in with him. Like, he's, he's a workhorse. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he says... Like, like you can, you can count on him to be there at the time he said he's going to be there. Um, and then just put in the work. So it's like, it's very like routine, basically. He's at a level now, his results speaks for themselves. So regardless of he does in the behind the scenes, like, like he could be, you know, playing like, I don't know, like hacky sack every day and he would probably still put in the work that he puts in on the court because he's that good of a basketball player um now without getting too deep into this whole stuff and like each person alone like like there's guys that work and i don't want to say they work harder than he does because he puts in the effort you know, that's very hard to measure. Like, that guy works harder than that guy. I mean, mentally, you don't really know what's hard for that guy and what's hard for this other guy. So, like, people be like, like, is he fake hustling? You know what I'm saying? Like, is that guy saying he works hard because he's doing whatever, you know, 100 push-ups a day, and that means working hard? I mean, I have a way to disagree with that, but... Maybe in his eyes, doing the push-ups actually makes him feel like he works harder than everybody else. Who knows, right? That shit's subjective. But, like, they're guys, they're not playing as much, they're not playing at all, and they work almost just as hard, or if not harder, 
but we don't see it because they're not on the highlight. You see what I'm saying? So, like, saying that he's a one-of-a-kind, yeah, from his skill standpoint, sure. From his numbers, sure. But, like, behind the scenes, there's a lot of people out there. You know what I'm saying? They're, like, working just as much, if not more. And it's, like, it's hard. Like, like I cannot compare Joker with anybody else. You know, like, Joker's Joker and, like, Juancho and Gomez is their nunch- it's like is Juancho. Right. So kind of going off that mentality of wanting to stay on top and wanting to be the best, uh, what kind of condition do you think these guys are going to come back to or come back in after this COVID crisis is over? I'm sure you, you guys have been working with them somewhat, but haven't had that full ability, full or ease of access. Uh, so will you all have to like hit a reset button with them or will it be like they never left? Um, when this whole thing hit the first time, right, like at the beginning, a lot of people were panicking, like, oh, my God, they're going to get out of shape and this and that. Like, our staff approach was a little different, and it was more like, you know what, at this time of the year, the season, regular season was almost over. Like, for our, like, heavy minute guys, like, a little rest actually came handy, you know what I'm saying? Like, people were like, we got to keep training them. I'm like, well, not really, because we don't know when this whole thing is going to pick it back up. So... Let's, let's rest a little bit. Let's take that approach of like, okay, well, we have a break. So let's regenerate. And then we start building back up. So fast forward, like month and a half in to this whole thing. We still don't have a date, but now we had enough rest. So now we start building back up. I'm like, hey, how's so-and-so doing? How's, you know, X player? How's Y player? And then... Hey, man, what you've been doing? Ah, oh, you know, light shots here and there. And then what happened was we made a tailored plan for each guy based on what kind of accessibility they have at their house, equipment and all that stuff. We ship some stuff out. We put some plans together and we mail some stuff out. And, and then, you know, they have the app that has their own program there. And then what we do is now we start building back up slowly. But, like, you got to kind of keep them in turmoil. You can't just, like, burn a candle on both ends too fast, too soon without having a date to come back to play. Mm-hmm. Like, like, these guys are, like, they're, like, they're machines, man. Like, they're, like, their bodies are awesome, you know? So, it's, like, all we really need is, like, a solid, like, three to four weeks to really ramp them up and hopefully put them back to where they were when we left off. So, we had a lot of time to do all this. Now, we still don't have a date, but, like, we're kind of approaching a little bit of that ramp up. So, the idea here is, like, we gave them some rest, then we did a little bit of stuff, and then that little bit of stuff start growing into a little bit more stuff, and then hopefully by the time we get a, a concise date and, like, you know, almost, like, reintroduce, like, like an idea of, a, like, a training camp and that kind of stuff to kind of get the guys you know, back and, and then rolling and all that. So the the major takeaway here, and again, I know my answers are long, but like the idea here is to like stay in connection with your players and then hope that, you know, like the communication is good and like they're actually not just at home doing nothing. You know, like a little bit is better than nothing. You know, like too much, you got to watch out. But, like, I don't think a lot of people are doing too much right now. It's more like making sure mentally they're good 
and then making sure they're keeping some sort of level of like conditioning or arguably fitness, whatever you want to call it, kind of like going. Because if they keep that ball rolling, we can ramp this up once they're back. Like I'm not, I don't need them to be like going full out five on five right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we got time for that. The league is not going to let players go back like, oh, tomorrow we have a first playoff game. That would never happen. Right, yeah. But there is talk about the playoffs starting, right? Uh, I think that announcement might be coming Friday. June 1st, I think, to talk about. Yeah, I'm sure they'll give you like a month or so uh, to get the guys back and try to get them into shape. But if the playoffs were to start as soon as possible, do you think or would you and the strength staff be content where the guys are at if you only had a month to get them right? Like a month. A month is a long time for us to, you know, if done properly and correctly, uh, it's perfect for us to kind of ramp up again and, and hopefully, you know, not have knock on wood, a lot of injuries and all that kind of stuff. No, it's not too short of a time period then. Professionally speaking, if everything done correctly, assuming that those guys are going to like take their nutrition seriously and their rest and recovery seriously, their sleep, uh, a month should be good. Yes. I got to ask this too. What are, what are some, um, some advice that you have for any aspiring strength coaches? Uh, you can take this answer in, in multiple ways, right? Like getting a job is not like one thing that you've done, but I, I do believe you always got to play in your strengths and try to get your weaknesses better. Um, but just be yourself and like follow your passion. You know, those are the two main things in my eyes that, you know, if you're yourself, then whoever's hiring will get a clear picture of like, okay, this is what I'm hiring. And if you're passionate about whatever you're doing, um, that can take you who knows where, you know. Uh, but it's got to come from a good place. I don't think – like, I, I see too many strength coaches like, oh, I want to be where you at one day. I'm like, that's fine. But – don't chase the logo, you know what I'm saying? Chase the experience. Chase the ability to coach. Like, people see or they talk to me that I'm in the NBA now, like, like, like I just landed here. Like, you know, like, this has been, like, a process of, like, 13 years that people don't realize from the moment, like, I started into strength and conditioning to now. Like, it's 13 years, man. Like, it's a lot of years. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah, I, I wanted to work in the NBA and I had this dream, but it's like I also coach a JV basketball team before, you know, um, I learned a different language before I coach in the private sector before I coach clients with special needs. Uh, I volunteered my time. I work for free. Um, you know, like I worked in different sports. I work for different schools. I work with different, you know, age groups, like, like teenagers all the way to pros. Like, like, so it's like, that is what shapes the coach. But what kept me going through the whole time was my passion. And, and that passion kept bumping me to the next and the next opportunity. And it kept going to the next and the next opportunity. And, like, I, I hope that I change a lot of my philosophy and my outlook on things 
but like I always try to just be a good person. So people that were hiring me knew what they were getting. Like regardless of professional differences, like there was a common understanding that whatever I'm coming from is from a good place because of my passion and because of my nature, just wanting the best for those around me. So again, right? Like passion and then just, you know, be yourself. Gotcha. Yeah. And you said it's been a 13 year journey. You've obviously got some uh, time left to give. Do you have any higher goals or any other career aspirations that you want to get accomplished before you retire? I don't have, uh, like, I would lie to you if I said that I never wanted to work in the NBA. Um, but then at the same time, this opportunity came about, I wasn't necessarily looking for. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, like, I, I wanted to work in the NBA. That was kind of like a goal. Like, it's cool. But I wasn't, like, you know, actively searching for that opportunity. It was one more of those things that, you know, like my actions plus the interactions that I had and the people I met along the way kind of, like, culminated into being where I'm at now. So, like, I don't like to chase the goal itself. I like opportunity. So, like, if, if you're coming at me with, you know, like, this cool idea about working with whatever athletes, like, if it's something interesting, like, I would, I would listen. You know what I'm saying? If it's something that spikes my interest, like, they'll be cool. Um, but, like, right now, like, I just want to enjoy where I'm at and, like, keep growing in within myself because when I grow in within myself, not in a selfish way, I can then offer a better value for whatever opportunity comes next. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, it's not like, I feel like people would set their targets so in front of them and they kind of like block the views of like what's happening, where they're currently at. You know, like one of my mentors says, coach where your feet are. Right. Like, like if I'm coaching through my phone or if I'm coaching through my mind thinking of, you know, the pros that I want to be, I forget to coach this current basketball court I'm on right now. And like, that's, that's a problem. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, you just got to be present in the moment and hopefully like that's going to get you to the next spot. And some people say I lack ambition, but, like I said, it worked for me so far, you know, like I like opportunity. So if something comes up, you entertain, you listen, um, then you think, is that a good situation for yourself, for your career? And then you make a decision for me right now. I just want to keep, you know, uh, I'm only, in the, I'm, I've been in the NBA now for less than a year. Um, and then with this COVID thing, like I haven't even had one season under my belt. So it's like, I'm definitely not looking to go anywhere I just want to you know kind of finish what I started and like be here for a little bit at least you know there's a reason why I stayed at Auburn for as long as I did because I, I wanted to feel professionally that I gave my all I want to feel professionally that I turned a couple things around and I want to feel professionally that like I kind of like not mastered that beast 
but like I wanted to feel like I had an impact over the three and a half years I was there. When you leave after six months or a year or one season, I feel like, like yeah, you, you might have given a lot too, but to me, I, I like the continuation. Like, I feel like you've got to see a few things through. And it's usually about that three-year mark. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that mindset's good too because as long as you're following your passion, you're personally happy as well. You know, like you're making an impact on people, but you're following what you want to do and what you're passionate about. So I think that's a great mentality. Yeah, and honestly, like for, um, you know, professionals building their resume right now, like it's not cool to like job hop. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't mention this earlier and it just came back, but like, you know, one of the similarities between regardless of what level you coach at, uh, would you agree with me that like building a relationship with your athletes is one of the most important things? Absolutely. Right? Like they they don't care until they know how much you care, right? Yep. Um so that takes time, man. Like I don't know one coach that like walked in and it was like right off like right off the bat, like, oh my relationship with that guy is great. I'm like yeah, maybe, but you need time to develop true relationship. So, like, you know, leaving jobs, like, very soon, yeah, unless it's a good career move or whatever, but, like, I feel like in order for you to actually develop, uh, you need some time, you know, and, and then those things will come with time. So, like, bouncing early, it's like, again, like, if you got a huge raise or whatever, or if you're, like, have an opportunity of a lifetime or because of your family you got to move regardless right like we all know there's like exceptions here but like idealistically speaking I feel like it's important to build relationships over time because they're not very like expedite you can you can't rush that process because usually when you rush that process you run you run into a lot of trouble and issues that then ended up becoming even longer for you to fix those issues. And now you're gonna need even more time if you didn't do that right the first time around. Does that make sense?